Welcome to the CFB Dynasty College Fantasy Football Podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by WinLocal, digital marketing and web design for local businesses proven to help beat your competition. WinLocal.com. Welcome in to the CFB Dynasty College Fantasy Football Podcast. Today we're talking quarterback transfers. Uh, it's Brian McElfresh here alongside Danny Tucker. How's it going? Going good, man. Excited to be back. Yes. Uh, so let's get to it. Um, we're going to start out by talking about one of the top college fantasy football players of recent memory, uh, Derek King, who was at Houston um, 2018 and uh, absolutely crushed it. Um, what do you think about his transition over to Miami and, and how he was as a player over at Houston? Well, I think when you think of Derek King at Houston, I mean, he thought of a fantasy stud. I mean, when you really come down to it, he's a tr- great dual-threat quarterback, lets you up with his arm. Um, I think he had 36 touchdowns passing one year in 2018, and somewhere around 14 touchdowns, 15 touchdowns, something like that rushing that year. So, I mean, fantasy-wise, he was a stud. And then we roll along to 2019. He was the top of the list for everybody in fantasy. Plays his four games and then chooses to sit out the rest of the year, which took everybody by storm. Um, yeah, that was weird what happened at Houston. Um, and then he said he was going to stay and play, and now he's over at Miami, who's struggled um, to, to have production at quarterback. Um, offensive line has definitely been an issue, but uh, how do you see his season playing out this year I think he's going to use a lot of what he did the last couple years in Houston I think he's going to be a very mobile quarterback get out of the pocket make plays with his legs we, I mean we all know he's got the arm strength and the arm talent to make a difference uh, Miami does have some several good offensive weapons yep all five linemen return yep I mean the making is there for a great fantasy season the question is is will Miami implode offensively like we've seen them do year after year lately yep Rhett Lashley in as the new OC there to replace Dan Enos and uh yeah we'll see how it goes certainly the ceiling is high there the 5-0 linemen returning you know could be good or bad because they they weren't great last year but they have experience um new OC and it's going to be interesting to see how they work in this spread offense that Rhett Lashley is going to that Rhett Lashley is going to bring in. Um, and yeah, like you said, good young talent around him. Um, nobody um, completely proven as the top two receivers go pro, but he does have Brevin Jordan back. So well, they do also have their three first games at home, which is good because it allows him to get his feet wet in a new offense with no spring really or anything to go on. Um, They do open with Temple, which Temple has proven that they can give teams a struggle. Um, But then they do get Wagner and UAB afterwards. So he has time to get his feet wet before they actually start getting into some of their ACC play and stuff like that. Yeah, definitely. Um, All right, so let's shift over to 
Jamie Newman, who is coming over from Wake Forest in the ACC to the Georgia Bulldogs, where in Wake he was uh, competing with, um, who was he competing with? Sam Hartman. Sam Hartman um, a couple years ago, lost the job to him in the offseason, and then Hartman gets hurt. Um, with four games left in the 2018 season, Jamie Newman finishes that out and retains the starting job through last year. Um, what do you think about his ability as a dual threat player um, coming over from Wake? Well, I think he definitely did open a lot of eyes last year with his abilities. Um, he did have two great receivers to throw to in Surratt and Scotty Washington. Um, and he's going to have a great one in George Pickens. I mean, yep. he's a future first-round draft pick if everything goes the way we all think it will. So he's going to have offensive weapons. Um, and it's going to be interesting to see how they use him because yeah. the last couple years from Eason, everybody's been more of a pro-style, stand-in-the-pocket, not going to beat you with my legs, to now you have Jamie Newman who can open the field up. Yeah, that will be interesting. Will it be, you know, fish out of water? Like, Fields was fine at Georgia, but never really had the opportunity, I don't think, to take the reins over. We'll see how that dual threat quarterback plays in Georgia. Um, he's pretty much middle of the pack for me in fantasy. I'm looking at him, at Jamie Newman, as maybe a, a QB3 at Georgia with kind of a... I don't see a super high ceiling for him like I do Derek King. I would I would uh, take Derek King over over Jamie Newman any day, but uh, specifically in these offenses now, um, Newman probably in most leagues, most like twelve team leagues, is a QB three to me. What do you think? Oh, I could agree wholeheartedly with that. Um, I wouldn't draft him as one of my top two quarterbacks right now, um, and I think the reason for that is. You just don't know. Like, there's a lot of uncertainty still with Georgia's passing game. Like, we didn't see a lot out of it last year. When Georgia lost four of their top five offensive playmakers the year before, Fromm just did not ever look comfortable last season. You know, and he was trying to learn with new players, you know. And I feel like until I know wholeheartedly, I don't think I could draft him too high in my fantasy as prominent as he was at Washington, or I mean Wake Forest, I'm sorry. You know, I mean, the guy was just talented. Yep, currently in our rankings, uh, so quarterbacks we have um, behind the scenes, they're not live on the site yet for all of our subscribers. Uh, it's coming out soon. I know we've had a few of you asking. Uh, Derek King is ranked 18th. We have Jamie Newman, 25th. Um, so... Let's move on to uh, the former five-star, though, JT Daniels, who in all likelihood will not be eligible to play this year, but he also came to Georgia and is probably going to fill in for <clears throat> Jamie Newman uh, next year as Jamie Newman will graduate since he's got one year of eligibility left. Um, Daniels, like I said, former five-star recruit, um, went to USC, uh, started as a freshman, 2018, 14 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. Then last year, an injury uh, happened, and Slovis took over. Uh, what do you see from from JT Daniels, who will 
uh, in all likelihood be throwing to uh, junior George Pickens before he goes pro, along with all of that talent. Um, I absolutely see JT Daniels as a good pickup um, in Dynasty and Keeper Leagues. Yeah, I could agree wholeheartedly there. I think the Georgia move when they wanted to bring JT Daniels in was to solidify the position for future years. I think that was so hardly the choice. And when you add in the talent and the recruiting classes that Georgia has had recently, I think JT Daniels, if you have the room on your bench to stash somebody and just hold on to him until the following year, I could honestly see that paying off for somebody in the future. Yep, and stock up for the young running backs, whereas Jamie Newman is going to eat into their carries. Mm -hmm. JT Daniels won't as much in the future years. Um, We've got another USC quarterback transferring out. Uh, Jack Sears transferred to Boise State, which is really interesting for fantasy. Boise State's been great over the years for... You know all kinds of positions on on offense and certainly quarterbacks one of them um he'll be battling hank bachmeyer jack sears did get immediate eligibility um man if he had spring it would be interesting to see what happens but uh or to see what would have happened um had he had the spring but without that i would certainly give the edge to hank bachmeyer the the um true sophomore to to retain that job but with a couple bad games, I could certainly see Sears taking over. It's not like Bachmeyer lit it up last year. No, Bachmeyer, everybody knows him from beating Florida State in the opener game. But really, after that, it was just a ho-hum season for him, fantasy-wise. Um, there wasn't many stats put up, nothing eye-popping or catching that would make you lead to believe he has the position locked up for his four years at the university yeah 1800 yards nine touchdowns six interceptions uh yeah certainly not gonna get it done in fantasy um and jack sears you know really hasn't got to prove anything either 2018 was the only year he played for usc and had 230 yards and two touchdowns no picks while he was he while he was a four-star um, competing against some really good, really highly touted uh, players in his position at USC. He hasn't got the chance to prove it much, but might get that opportunity at U- at Boise State. Um, certainly something to watch as we start getting news when fall practice uh, happens. Um, that one's going to be really interesting to follow. And it's one of those awkward positions where if we don't really know who's going to be the starter going into fantasy draft their values kind of somewhere in the middle somewhere in the QB4 range where if Sears or Bachmeyer light it up it could be great value Um, but certainly something to watch I agree wholeheartedly Over at Mississippi State, this is uh, where K.J. Costello landed as he transferred from Stanford, and this is someone to watch because of the coach. Mike Leach coming over from Washington State. um, Pretty much you follow and draft any quarterback that Mike Mike Leach coaches, and he'll be in the top five in fantasy. And uh, K.J. Costello... um, 
had a really good year in 2018, then battled injuries last year, right? Yes. Yeah, he battled some injuries last year. Um, and then I think he just wanted to look for a new spot, man. And who wouldn't want to own a Mike Leach player? Yep. I mean, in all honesty, you know, the guy puts out fantasy studs. You know, 2018, he threw for 3,500 yards, 29 touchdowns. At Stanford. And, yeah, at yeah. Stanford, who loves to run the ball a lot sometimes. Yep. You know, so what's to say he can't throw for another 1,000 yards and 10 more touchdowns at Mississippi State this year? Yep. And we'll see how he does in the SEC. I think, um, and, and Zach and I talked about this last week, he comes into the SEC at an interesting time where it's not all about running game, ball control, um, amazing defense, where the defenses are still talented, but because of the style of offense with LSU and Alabama, who he'll face next year, it's more up and down the field, more passing, and that certainly bodes well for you know more possessions, more plays per game for K.J. Costello, and he'll likely be playing from behind because uh, I don't think Mississippi State's going to blow anyone out. Um, could be a great, great fantasy player. It's tough in the SEC West kind of placing him in the top five or top ten, but um, certainly is right around that spot as a borderline quarterback one for fantasy. Uh, we currently have him ranked 13th, um, and these rankings will be fluid. What do you think about where we have him so far? So, in my opinion, I honestly would start him through the first four games of the season next year, without a doubt. They open against New Mexico, travel to NC State, then play Arkansas, Tulane at home. Yeah. They do get Texas A&M week five, and then after that, it, that's where I think it gets dicey. You're at Alabama, at LSU, Auburn, next three games. I don't really know if he's a startable quarterback <laughs> yeah. for, those, for that stretch. Um, and I think that's where you, we could get in trouble as fantasy owners if we do draft him as a QB1 or a QB2 just because of the offense. Um, because then you are having to lean on your second, third, fourth-tier quarterback through that three- or four-stretch yep. when that typically is your make-or-break time to go get into the playoffs. Yep, yep, exactly. Uh, it's going to be interesting. I th so from Reggie Bush from Fox, he recently said um, that Costello will be the number one impact transfer, which is what we're talking about today. So this, this is going to be interesting. And, yeah, that is a rough stretch at Alabama, at LSU, and then Auburn. Um, you can certainly historically call him unstartable during that time. It's, it's questionable, but, yeah, if you take – Costello and want to rely on him as your quarterback one, especially in a two-quarterback league, you better have a great QB2, QB3, just in case. Um, <clears throat> we'll pick up the pace a little bit here, but let's talk a little bit about Chase Bryce. Transferred over from Clemson. Obviously, they're stacked at the quarterback position with five-star after five-star coming in. Uh, with people that have confusing names that we don't have to talk about on this <laughs> podcast. But Chase Bryce transfers to Duke. What do you expect there? Well, Duke has been – they've put out some good quarterbacks the last couple of years, fantasy-wise. Um, I wouldn't say they're a QB1, QB2 type starters week in and week out, but 
Chase Bryce des- definitely has some talent. Um, granted, we haven't got to see all of it play out on the field because Clemson's been so stacked. Yep. Um, but I like – I could see the fit working out well for him at Duke. Yep. Yep. Keaton Thompson uh, from Mississippi State. Um, he's transferred out. And uh, what do you think about his – uh, opportunity over there at Virginia and the ACC. This is one that the man has great size. He's very athletic. Um, he's another one that I feel like we haven't seen a whole lot of. Yeah. Um, he didn't look that accurate as a quarterback, but he can certainly improve that quickly. We've seen that through different dual threat quarterbacks. Cam Newton was one who. Yep. Um, just came back and he was pretty darn accurate. Um, He's a heck of a dual threat quarterback. He can run, so he's going to make everybody stay honest. Um, You definitely have to leave a spy in the middle of the field to watch him, Um, which, I mean, we've seen it fantasy-wise. Sometimes them dual threat quarterbacks are better to have, even if they're only going to throw for 10 or 12 touchdowns, if they're going to get you 20 on the ground. Yep. So, I mean, he's one that I – I would look at him a lot later in the draft, maybe a quarterback four, quarterback five. I don't think I would trust his arm ability to be too high. Yeah, and Virginia had a good, pretty good fantasy season last year, and they surprised a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Uh, not someone, or not a team that you're used to drafting fantasy players from, but uh, they were solid last year. Um, Felipe Franks uh, left Florida um, to go to Arkansas, which uh, to me is not going to be great for him in terms of fantasy. Uh, I would. He's got some great young receivers, though. He's got um, some really great young receivers. At Florida, he just couldn't really put it all together uh, mentally with uh, being able to read defenses and get the ball down the field. Um, Dealt with coaching change, dealt with some O-line issues for sure, and uh, still though, Trask came in and the offense just looked completely different. Um, Having Felipe Franks gone, I just don't see Arkansas to me as a a fantasy destination uh, until they prove it on the field. I, I agree 100% with that. And then go back to your point. I mean, I think it's the, the decision-making behind it. Um, he just never was clearly quick enough to get the ball out of his hands. And you always see him clutching and second-guessing his throws. Um, and with no springs, no – sometimes not, we don't even know how much summer workouts they're going to get with everybody. Like, does he have enough time to even get a rapport with his new receivers? Yep. Um, all right. So Kentucky landed uh, Joey Gatewood, who, you know, going into last year's fantasy drafts, we were all wondering, all right, who's going to start, Bo Nix or Joey Gatewood at Auburn? And apparently it came down to the very end, and they went with Bo Nix. And personally, super excited about Bo Nix, but we'll talk about him another time. Uh, Joey Gatewood lands at Kentucky, and Kentucky has been one of those sneaky good programs that nobody wants to play because they play really hard, and they've played great um, over the last couple years. Um, And they're just a 
better team. And uh, Joey Gatewood is someone that can really help them out, take them to the next level, um, potentially, um, as a dual threat quarterback with great size. He's going to be hard to tackle. Um, how do you see him? And we don't know if he's eligible or not yet this year, but what do you think about his fantasy prospects at Kentucky? Well, we we don't know if he's eligible yet this year or not. Um, the way they've been handing out waivers like candy, I mean, he very well could be. It's hard to say at this point, but we all know that Kentucky's needed a game changer at quarterback for the last couple of years. I mean, last year they ended up with a receiver playing quarterback. Yep. Um, they just don't have the depth there. And I think that's something that Gatewood could come in and I think he can contribute game one if he gets that eligible pass this year. Um, Kentucky's proven. I mean, they just need a difference maker at the position to put them over the top. Um, it's just one thing they haven't had lately. They've relied a lot on their running games. You know, and last year, you know, we've seen it come to the play where they just didn't have a quarterback on the roster that they felt was better than a receiver. Yep, that's very true. Um Gatewood's someone that I will be following to see if if he's got the accuracy. Um, man, he could be a difference maker um, and can help Kentucky really turn it around. I'm interested in that one. Um, Talua or Talia Tagovailoa transfers from Alabama to Maryland, um, and Maryland's going to be an interesting one. He's Tagovailoa is another one where we don't really know where. Uh, or when he's going to be eligible. Um, they've got Josh Jackson there at Maryland and the freshman. Um, Lance. Yep. And so uh, we'll see how it plays out, but we didn't get to see much of him at Alabama. He doesn't have the size or arm strength, really, of his brother. Um, so kind of low expectations for me. What do you think? Yeah, I honestly don't have big expectations for him. Um, even at Maryland, I think Maryland does have a good freshman already um, that we will see a lot more of this year. Um, and I, if that happens, I don't know if he would ever win the job at Maryland. Mm -hmm. So I don't really have high expectations for him. Maybe if you're in a really, really, really deep draft and you want to take a risk on him in round 20 of your 20-round draft, then I'd go for it. Over at Oregon, they landed Anthony Brown from Boston College, who will come in and compete for the job against Tyler Show. Um, we'll see how that uh, goes as the as fall practices hopefully resume. And it's not that exciting. It's, if you look at his stats, he's never thrown more than like 2,100 yards, uh, 20 touchdowns passing. Um, he hasn't run the ball a ton, uh, no more than two touchdowns in a season when he was at Boston College, um, who's really known for their their great rushing attack, really featuring one running back. And uh, that's fantastic for fantasy, but not for the quarterback position. Um, I like Tyler Show, but what do you think about Anthony Brown potential there? Uh, I think Anthony Brown has an uphill battle to win the starting job at Oregon. Um, I really think it's, um, was it Tyler? I think really think it's his job out there this year. Um, watched some highlights of him last year, the way he played, and I just like his, I really like his potential this year. Um, so I think Anthony Brown 
while he's going to a place that's uncertain at quarterback, there is a guy that's been there. He's already in the system. Um, and I just, I don't know if I really think it's the perfect match for Anthony Brown or not playing in that type of offense. Yeah, I see him more as an insurance policy um, mm-hmm. to Tyler Show, and they they have Joe Moorhead coming in. Um, oh, man, we'll see. But, yeah, I really like Tyler Show and his potential, like you said, him being there. Um, and Moorhead's great. We'll, we've seen what he did at Penn State, um, and he'll have an opportunity out there in the Pac-12 to, to get it done. Um so, so many other quarterbacks that transferred, but we're not going to get to them all today. Um, Colin Hill, certainly at South Carolina, coming over from Colorado State. Peyton Ramsey. Justin Rogers is someone who the whole CFF community has been excited about for a while. Um, and a few others. Uh, Jaron Williams, who I thought looked great open, in the opener against Florida and then just kind of had a blah year after that. Um but we'll see how some of these transfer quarterbacks play. Uh, and some of these are going to be huge impact players in fantasy uh, this year. Uh, transfer portal is alive and well and uh, is a little bit crazy to follow. But uh, we'll be looking forward to these guys and uh, continuing to move them around in our rankings as news starts to come out. Magazines have come out. Um for the first couple of college football previews, so that's exciting. Um, But yeah, thanks, Danny, for joining in, and uh, we'll catch you guys next time.